Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Cord from Atlas Weightlifting in Georgia. What's up, Cord? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. All right. Let's just jump into the details here. What is it that made you want to open your own facility? Uh, opening my own facility, it kind of, let's see, when I made that decision or my wife and I made that decision, it kind of seemed that all the signs uh, were just kind of pointing to it. Um, I went back to school a couple of times. I didn't quite finish college. So uh, after going back, to school a couple of times and you know that not really working out for me um you know all while that time I was coaching in different CrossFit gyms and working at different other uh types of gyms uh doing different things um it just kind of seemed that this made the most sense uh so had a long talk with myself and my wife and just decided you know what let's go for it yeah absolutely so you just kind of took the leap of faith and just went into it. I love yeah. that. So you started in your garage, correct? We did. Yeah. Okay. So how did that work initially? And how did you kind of uh, get to the point where you are today now actually in a facility? So before I started my own uh, training in my garage and training my own athletes, um, you know, like I said, I, I worked in a bunch of different CrossFit gyms in my area. So I did have experience with coaching other people um, and kind of honing in my craft of, you know, figuring out who I am as a coach and where my specialties lie. Um, at the time when we bought our house, I was working at a gym. It was like a, it was like a off-brand Orange Theory Fitness with like LA fitness equipment type stuff around it. It was a little boutique gym. Mm -hmm. um, and I was working as a, a fitness consultant there. So I was, you know, doing a lot of, you know, generating the traffic for the gym and learning how to talk to people and get people in the door and kind of really sell what we have. Right. Um, and show people the value of, you know, fitness and things like that. So uh, it, that was an okay job, but I knew that my heart really was into training more and coaching more. Mm -hmm. uh, and all while that was going on at that other job, I was coaching uh, a couple of Olympic weightlifters because that's what I compete in and have been competing in for, you know, a good while now. So I uh, decided to start taking on some athletes and I took them to meets. They did well at the meets and other people would see, uh, you know, our excitement for them and their growth. And, you know, as they got better, more people started asking about my coaching and it got to a point where uh, I needed to just focus mostly on coaching weightlifting. So I started mm -hmm. my own weightlifting club and kind of capitalized on that because there's no weightlifting clubs in my area within, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. Uh, so in my garage, it was just the weightlifting team. Uh, we had three platforms. We had bars, plates, squat racks. And after my athletes got off of work, they'd come in during the week, they'd start training. And then on Saturdays, I'd have some semi remote athletes and even all those people would come in and it got to a point where, uh, our neighborhood was getting a little crowded on my street on Saturdays. So yeah. I was just like looking at my wife, like, Hey, we might need to look at some other options here. Um, and then from there, you know, we 
started just tossing around that idea and it just so happened to stumble upon this one building and it all worked out uh, where the building that we moved into it uh it really caught our eye because right in downtown there's you can't miss it we were going from our house to train some of my athletes in Athens town over uh, from us and it has a huge American flag painted on the side of it and we drove past it and we had just gotten an email from Team USA they wanted my wife and I uh, I'm my wife competes as well and she's a she's a higher level athlete than I am so she got an uh, email from Team USA saying, hey, we want you to come compete on this international team with us. And we're like, oh, cool, we get to represent the country and all that stuff. And this building was on our way with the big American flag on it. And we're like, I should call that. I'm like, I have a weird, I have a funny feeling I should call the guy. And there we go. And everything worked out with awesome. you know, finances and timing and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of weird, but yeah. yeah. Kind of like a weird coincidence that was just meant to be. Right, yeah. Very cool. So now you're in that facility, correct? No, actually, we uh, a week ago yesterday, we just moved out of that building that I just told that story about into a new building, which is over twice as big. Uh, so we've had a lot of growth since wow. then. Yeah. It, so the building we just were in um, with the American flag on the side of it, that building when we started was about 3,000 square feet. Um, and we got to a point where there were these different walls around us and we needed to expand about every six months and we would knock one wall down, expand a little bit, knock another wall down. We got to where we were bricked in. And, uh, I want to say about three months ago, we started adding some different class times and different types of classes in what we do. And we, in the afternoons, it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, people were packed in there and then we, you know, we're like, all right, we're going to need to start looking again at some other places. Yeah. And uh, we got really fortunate with another funny story about how we stumbled upon uh, this bigger building. And now we're in a 10,000 square foot facility. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So a very large facility, especially from going from your garage all the way up to 10,000 square feet. That is huge. And what's the timeline on all of that. When did you start in your garage? And now obviously it's 2021 and you're in a 10,000 square foot facility. So yeah. over how long was that? Uh, yeah. So the first building was November, 2019. Um, six months later, we had to expand a little bit. Six months after that, expand a little bit. Um, so 2020 rolls around and we, uh, I, I want to say at that point uh, in 2020, we had like 4,670 square feet. Um, and then, you know, just last week we moved into uh, this bigger building. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's been, you know, once we, once we hit the ground running, we were going full speed. I guess so. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, how were you able to experience that level of growth over such a short period of time? You don't normally see that. Uh, well, we got really fortunate with the building and the, uh, the place that we were in when we first opened up, opened up that one building, um, it was a fixer upper and we just made a deal with the, the landlord. You know, it was an old thrift store, well, thrift store, um, 
this guy that owned it, he was a, a hoarder. I mean, it was just wall to wall, just junk everywhere. We couldn't, oh, when I toured the building, I couldn't walk more than five feet in the door because there was so much junk in there. Wow. So to be able to walk around and see some things, we had to move some stuff around. It was, it was a nightmare, but the landlord, we struck a deal. Uh, he gave us a price that we couldn't say no to. Um, you know, it was, I, yeah, I know you guys want to know this stuff. So it was 900 a month. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really cheap, really cheap, but wow. <laughs> yeah, he was like, look, I'll just be up front with you. There's some leaks in the roof and I don't want to have to do anything else with this place. I'm like, okay, we can work with it. So we did our best to just kind of manage where we were, uh, went in there, replaced all the lights, painted it, put all our equipment in there and just made it look a night and day difference. And once we did that, the landlord was really excited about it. He's like, man, y'all, you know, did so much stuff for this. So he was really nice to us after that. Um, not that he wasn't ever nice to us, but he, you know, he was really thankful that we were in there. Exactly. Um, yeah. And he was willing to work with us on um, pretty much everything. So when we even had to shut down for well, in Georgia, we only had to shut down for about a month. And he just told me that month, he's like, hey, don't worry about rent this month. He's like, we'll pick back up next week or next month. Mm-hmm. Very fortunate. Um, and that helped a lot. So, you know, we were able to increase the amount of people that we were coming in and, and training during that time. Um, I loaned out equipment. So I kept all of my members, uh, all of my athletes during that time. So I would just loan out some mats that we had in the gym and some bars and plates and stuff and only kept enough for, you know, my wife and I to do our training. Um, so during that time, we also, uh, offered, you know, zoom call, you know, PE classes for our little kids we trained and things like that. So we just did what we needed to, to keep going. And as soon as the state opened back up, I think a lot of people around in the area were excited to get back into it. Definitely. And then once we, you know, got back open and started advertising some stuff, uh, we had to add another class time. People started coming to it. Um, and it just, you know, word of mouth growth from there. Uh, we really do just a couple of social media posts here and there throughout the week and just kind of update people on what we do. And once we do those, we started to see some traffic come in. So that's really where our growth has come from. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to maintain like that through COVID is huge and having the support of your landlord certainly helps. Um, so that's great that you were able to maintain that and really good that in Georgia, you only had to close for a month. So that's different than a lot of other areas around the country, around the world. Um, so that's certainly helpful. But as far as your business model goes, are you doing group classes now, semi-privates, one-on-ones? And then also, is your the bulk of what you do based around Olympic weightlifting? Um, well, now I want to say it's a pretty even split between our group classes and our weightlifting athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while when we first opened up, you know, the, the weightlifting athletes were the majority of who we trained and coached. Um, now that we've grown into where we are now, uh, we have two different types of uh, group fitness classes. One is a more high intensity functional fitness type of class where we do gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting and all the different components that, you know, you can think of. 
Mm -hmm. uh, then another one is a little bit, I want to say it's a, it's a little bit of a step down from there. Uh, we don't do any kind of Olympic weightlifting in that class, but we do lift barbells. Um, it's just a different speed and different flavor of strength and conditioning. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, more appealing to people that are in like the, you know, 45, you know, 25 to 45 year old range. Um, right. Really anybody can come in and do it. Um, and that has been one of our, our faster growing classes is that one. Um, but since we've added the high intensity functional fitness class, uh, that was called Titan Fit Plus. And then the other one is called Titan Fit. I kind of, you know, made up little names to brand both of them and people can tell which one is which. Right. Uh, the Titan Fit Plus, that one has grown a lot. And that's actually the reason why we had to look for a new building is because that class started picking up so much uh, traffic. Absolutely. That's an appealing name, I'm sure. That's pretty much what everybody comes in looking for, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they want to tone kind of, up and get fit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and then we also do one on one training as well. Um, mm -hmm. Got to mention that. So we awesome. have those three different things uh, the group fitness, one on one training, and our Olympic weightlifting. Great. Okay. And how many clients are you serving currently across those programs? Uh, with Generally. Just, with just our Olympic weightlifters, we kind of sit around 35 to 45 athletes. Because mm -hmm. um, I do offer remote weightlifting training as well. Um, oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah, people can just get programming from us and, you know, do that thing. Uh, so incorporating all those people, 35 to 45 people on the weightlifting team. Uh, other than that, I want to say we probably have about, I want to say close to 50 for our, just our group fitness classes. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's both kinds of classes, not just one or the other. Okay. Um, and then one-on-one -on -one training, we have maybe about 10 to 15. Okay. One-on-one -on -one training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now within this new space, so you've almost or more more than doubled in size, right? As far as the space goes. So now this has expanded more room for growth within the business, I'm sure, as far as being able to serve more clients, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, looking at the the space that we have now, uh, you know, when we were <laughs> when we were moving in there. I was looking at all the equipment that we used to have and I'm like, man, I don't know how in the world we're going to fill up, you know, this new spot over here. It's going to look like <laughs> so much uh, bare flooring and yeah. you know uh, everything exposed. So once we got everything moved in there, it actually turned out pretty good. Uh, we still have a lot of room for growth. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I, I definitely think that we have room to grow in our classes. Um, you know, there's, there are some things that are limiting, like the amount of barbells that we have or the amount of kettlebells that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, but floor space is definitely not one of those issues. <laughs> right. Not anymore. Cover yeah, not that anymore. one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as far as client acquisition goes, what are you doing to draw attention to the facility and get new people in your door? Uh, well, the location that we moved, uh, we were only two, two streets over. Uh, one of the biggest blessings of this building is the location of it. It's right next to one of the most popular restaurants in the town. 
Awesome. It's kind of like a, you know, beer, pizza, wings place that you can go and, you know, watch sports and whatever. And they just fixed it up and it's really nice. Uh, and it has a big lawn next to it that the city maintains and they host events almost every weekend on that lawn. Wow. So, and our town is uh, really, it's a, it's a smaller town. So a lot of people buy into that and they, they go to those events. Mm-hmm. And during the summer, um, there's probably a thousand people on some weekends that go to that little area and they will see our sign right there. So just, you know, that's, you know, one of the coolest things about generating traffic is just having our sign right there. That's a big one. Uh, just Definitely. moving the location. Uh, but other than that, like I said, word of mouth has been really big. Um, I've been coaching in this area for a long time. So when people heard, they're like, Oh, court has his own gym now. People come and check it out. That's been great. Uh, and then uh, we do uh, social media posts here and there. We have a lot of our members that, you know, they will share our stuff. They get, they get the word out there. Um, I guess that would technically count as word of mouth. You know, people see a, a Facebook post and they share it for us. Right. Um, but we try to keep on top of posting things on social media. Definitely. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we, we don't put any billboards up. We don't, you know, we, I went and handed out flyers maybe once. And then other than that, I've been, too busy just coaching people and training to, you know, be able to go out and start, you know, talking to more people and, you know, I guess what, what do they call it? Prospecting, right. Going and right. You know, talking to more people in, in town and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we, absolutely. Do, we do plan on, you know, with some of these little fall festivals and things, we want to get some booths set up and go talk to people. Um, yeah. That's probably next on our list to do. Okay. And as of right now, the way that, um, the marketing is going it's kind of taking care of itself right now essentially but with the way that it's working now how many new faces would you say you're seeing per month on average well just from last week we had four um just in our new move we had people just kind of stopping be like oh what's this place um yeah so i'm sure that num- this number is about to increase but oh, i would probably say five to ten at least yeah, new, you know new people month. Um, you know, whether they sign up or not, that's, that's about how many people that I'll, mm-hmm. you know, talk to that, that at least come in the gym and, and see us. Okay. And so you've never done any type of paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature, as far as like specific targeted marketing for your niche? Uh, no, I don't believe we have, um, you know, and other than that we have a website and we kind of will you know send that to people or you know post it on our Facebook and Instagram and people go to that so right uh, but we don't do any Google ads I don't think um, my wife is the one that handles that those kinds of things so that would yeah. probably be a better question <laughs> for her but um, no I don't think we do okay all right so within the business are there any other services that you offer uh as far as like nutrition coaching or accountability anything of that nature or you just stick to just training um we have massage therapy uh and we also have a yoga class that's like one time a week it's just kind of uh we have a yoga teacher that comes and rent space from us and she does you know kind of her own thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah, and we're going to have a massage therapist in the new location. We got to get, we got to finish that room still, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's something that you're actually adding into the facility to provide a service to your clients. Uh, yeah. Um, 
it, the lady that's doing the massage therapy, she's actually one of my weightlifting athletes. Um, okay. She, you know, she's wanting to get more consistent with her massage therapy uh, and kind of gain some regular clients and things like that. So we're going to mm-hmm. start pushing that out a little bit and, you know, she'll have her own room and everything. And uh, within the new members of our gym, we'll, you know, send her some traffic. Absolutely. All right. So as far as goals go, uh, is there anything specific that you really focused on over the next six months to a year or so? Obviously, you're in this new space. Growth is something that's on your mind. But as far as specifics go, what are you doing in the business or focusing on in the business currently? Um, I would say, you know, just making sure that all the moving parts that we have uh, within our gym right now, that we run them really well. Uh, we make sure that you know, our, our class members are happy. We don't get people that kind of fall off the radar and we lose track of them. Um, and just making sure that, you know, with the new space that we have, everything stays clean, you know, our, our maintenance with everything, you know, stays on top of every, uh, of all we need to. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, my wife and I do most of the coaching. So as far as management of other, other people, you know, we don't have to, you know, keep other people accountable and and things like that. You know, we just kind of have a hands-off approach to anybody else that uses our facility. So if we're doing our job, we know that things will go well. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody that's kind of bought into what we do and they have their own thing that they run out of the gym, they'll do it well too. Um, Okay. But yeah, I think focusing on making sure all our moving parts continue yeah. to progress, progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Paying attention to the small details because those things add up over time to make a big difference for sure. So one thing that I really like to ask every single gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing in your business today, what would that be and why? Uh, that's a good question. Um, my fingers improve one thing. A lot of times people say my head's spinning. There's so many things. So sometimes <laughs> yeah, it's hard absolutely. to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to take a second and just think about, yeah. um, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I'm happy with everything right now. I, I, on a, I mean, who, who wouldn't like, you know, to have some more cash flow? I mean, that would, of course, that would be. And always helpful. I feel like that's the easy way. That's the easy question though, or the easy answer. Um, everybody wants more money. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants more money, but I mean, it, if I make more money, I'll just put it right back into the gym anyways. Like yeah. I look at just, you know, all this floor space. I'm just like, I want to cover it up now. I want to get rid of this and put, you know, expand the mats and things. Exactly. So I, I guess that would be it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, generate more revenue because that allows you to provide a higher level of service for your clients at the end of the day, right? Because like you said, you're just investing that money back into the facility. So that's a better way of answering that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it starts with generating more revenue. So, (laughs) all right, cool. So yeah, I mean, everybody that that is a very common answer and a lot of times it is because you want to invest it back into the business because that's it's something that you're so passionate about right and you didn't you didn't necessarily start the business to make money i mean a lot of times it's very hard to make money 
in the industry, especially at first. So you started the business because you like training and you like to help people. So at the end of the day, it kind of all goes back to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to buy a yacht anytime soon or anything. So (laughs) I'm just going to, you know, keep buying stall mats and rowers and barbells. Exactly. Yes, for sure. All righty. And so also, for those people that are out there thinking about potentially opening their own facility, if you could provide them with a piece of advice, something that you found really valuable that you've maybe picked up along the way, what would that be? Um, start smart and start small. Yes. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And if you have a good product and people like what you do, people will show up to what you offer. Mm-hmm. Focus on those couple of things and you, it's kind of hard to mess up. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I always love when I hear a gym owner has started from their garage and worked their way up to where they are today because, I mean, for a few different reasons, but uh, the main one being that a lot of people jump in too quickly and kind of get in over their head and then they can't support their overhead and end up, you know, tanking because they're not able to keep their doors open. So starting small, building that foundation, that client base that you have to start and build on from there is huge, you know, not taking on too much too fast. So I I mean, that's been one of our biggest things is when we started out, we started out at a very small profit. We, we weren't in the red when we started our first brick and mortar because, you know, I was in, I was just in my garage. I wasn't, you know, having to pay my mortgage and, and rent, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just paid my mortgage and it all worked right. out. Um, but I've, I've coached at a bunch of different gyms and I've seen people, you know, make their mistakes and, you know, I've just kind of kept mental notes of like, Yes. I wouldn't have done that or I wouldn't have done this. And I've seen a lot of what not to do. And when I started to implement the things, I was like, all right, we're doing this and not that, you know? Yes. hundred percent. That was That's super one. important. Yeah. You know, a lot of times having that prior experience, you learn what not to do rather than what to do. And that sometimes is even more important. And then also along those same lines, you know, talking to people who are maybe a step or two ahead of you, in the game so that you can learn from some of the mistakes that they've made and not waste time or money making those mistakes. So that's a huge thing as well. Yeah. Um, I, I have some great mentors, um, mm-hmm. that own a gym you know, about 40 minutes away from us called core blend health and wellness. Um, and they've been kind of what we've modeled, you know, our stuff after and, you know, you see their place and you're like, oh, wow, that's goals. That's gym goals for sure. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Certainly helpful to connect with people who are uh, a step or two ahead of you who have gone through some of the things that maybe you're currently going through and just, you know, grab some pieces of advice along the way so that you don't end up spending time or money that you don't have to. Yeah. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Atlas Weightlifting Club. Um, we don't have Twitter or TikTok or anything like that. So it's just Facebook and Instagram. 
uh, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at gunm94, and Instagram is Atlas Weightlifting Club. So it's pretty easy. Perfect. All right. Awesome. So Cord from Atlas Weightlifting in Georgia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. For sure. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Mallory, General Manager of CrossFit 4185 Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mallory, how are you doing? I'm good, Dominic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to hear about what you guys are doing there, what your unique flavor is down there in Fort Wayne. So give it to us. Tell us about 4185. Yeah, sure. So CrossFit 4185, we've been open for almost two years now. Um, we are in Fort Wayne, Indiana, so we're very much a Midwestern gym. Um, what we really try to focus on is a lot of general population. Um, so we have members, you know, everything from the 35-year-old soccer mom all the way up to, we just had a member turn 70 yesterday. So we're very much going to have a broad spectrum. Um, what's also a little bit more unique about us is we do have a big um hospital population. So our owner is a trauma surgeon with a major hospital in Fort Wayne. Um, so we get a lot of traffic from healthcare workers. So that's another kind of place that makes us a little bit different than maybe your traditional CrossFit gym. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's kind of a, a unique spin to have somebody who's right there in the world of, of the medical and, you know, all that whole community to I think it, it adds some credibility and also some connections. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a little bit different than the traditional, you know, I think owner who's just, you know, doing a desk job and walks in and decides they love CrossFit and opens a gym, but I can see there being some advantages there, I guess works out for you too, because she can't be there a lot. She needs somebody to run the place for her. And clearly you've proven that that's, that's where you're going to be strong and not just coach you're keeping things together while she's out there saving lives. Yeah. Yeah. Working on it. Um, yeah. Just in a little bit different capacity. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So clearly nobody could have predicted the pandemic. There's a business plan comes together. The gym opens up. You had been coaching elsewhere. Were you at the same gym as your owner? Uh, how did you guys get together? How did you end up there? And then how did the whole thing kind of work with you? It's Lindsay, right? Is the owner? Yep. Yep. Lindsay. So, um, so yeah, so I've been around, um, since 2010. Um, I started coaching in 2011, um, at my first CrossFit gym 
um, CrossFit Fort Wayne. And um, I was there for a couple of years. And then I got asked to open up an, another gym um, within Fort Wayne. Um, and then we were there, or I should say I was there for six to seven years. And then in the fall of um, 2019 is when Lindsay approached me and asked me if I wanted to take on this project. Um, we're a little bit different in that we're actually in a retail space. So unlike a lot of the gyms, especially within our area that are much more, you know, traditional box, you know, in some kind of a warehouse area, um, we're much more in, we're in basically a shopping center. So um, there's some great things about it. And there's also some struggles as far as noise and neighbors and, you know, that kind of whole thing. But um, yeah, it was kind of a, it happened all pretty fast. She had already kind of started with someone and it didn't pan out with that person. Um, so then she reached out to me and we just had kind of hit it off right away and had a lot of the same goals and things that we wanted to accomplish. Um, so we kind of hit the ground running and then we officially opened uh, January 6th of 2020. Gotcha. So just as anybody could have predicted it right before pandemic hits, how was it, what did the lockdowns, the restrictions look like for you in, in Fort Wayne or in Indiana generally? And, and what did you guys do, you know, when things first started going and, and how did it progress from there as far as making COVID adjustments, figuring out all that stuff while trying to launch a brand new gym? Yeah, so, um, well, thankfully we had a lot of really great members um, from, you know, just from the start. Um, so once things shut down, we were actually officially shut down for eight weeks from like, I think it was March 26th is when our official sh shutdown time was. Um, so we didn't go, I was the only person who went into the gym within those eight weeks. Um, we were able to go in and we rented out um, dumbbells, kettlebells, little things to some of our members. Um, we actually were able to put everyone's membership on hold. So we didn't charge people for that membership, um, but we still held one to two virtual classes every day um, and as well as provided kind of at home workouts. Um, we did some fun stuff like we had a trivia night every like Friday night. We would get on a Zoom call, play cards, you know, whatever it was, um, kind of trying to still emphasize our, you know, community that we had started. Um, but I think it was kind of nice for us because we were already kind of small. I mean, we didn't have to really worry about this huge group of people to manage. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun. So we did that for eight weeks. And then when we got the green light that we could start coming in, um, we did have to wear masks. We taped things off, um, you know, did extra cleaning, you know, the whole 10 yards. Um, and then we really limited classes. Like right when we first got on, we just scheduled everyone with one-on-ones. So that was really challenging. Um, lots of long days for sure. But um, I think members appreciated it, especially since we did have a lot of members who were coming from the medical community. Um, you know, it's scary. It's nerve wracking coming back. So we tried to be as gradual with that as we could. Um, and then we went to uh, you know, under 10 people per class. And then we've gradually kind of built up to where we, we don't restrict um, class size anymore, um, but try to be cognizant of what classes are with what. So um, yeah, it was definitely a um, whole new set of challenges, but you know, we came out on the other side. And, and that's, that's really what matters. And I think if there were, if there would be an upside of not having a lot of clients, not having this huge member base, if there ever was one, it's, it would be, you know, trying to figure out what to do in the pandemic. So I guess sort of a blessing in disguise. But since then, since you've been in kind of full reopening, you're back in growth mode, um, 
trying to increase those numbers at, at some sort of a reasonable rate. You got a big space, you get tons of people, you know, it's a good sized city as far as there's a lot of people out there that you can help, right? And ultimately that's why we're all doing this. So what are you doing to get people in the door now? Are you actively advertising? Are you going hard on social media? Are you hosting events? What are you doing to get more people in the doors? Yeah, so honestly, our biggest um, push right now is working from the inside and having the people, the great membership base that we have now, helping us expand from there. So um, one of the things we do every quarter is we do a free friend week. So people can bring friends all throughout the week. We kind of go above and beyond with our customer service because um, we also run our membership kind of member appreciation during that week as well. So we'll bring in things like coffees and snacks and giveaways, you know, all kinds of fun stuff that help motivate people to keep coming. Um, and then we'll also do kind of a big prize raffle at the end of the week, depending on who brings the most members. And then with along with that, we also do a lot of referrals. So for members who bring someone, not only do they get a referral, but the new member also gets the referral. Um, so that's kind of a way for us to really keep it simple. Um, we do, do try to do a lot with social media, um, you know, with posts, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, we have a community podcast, um, you know, helpful videos, that kind of stuff, but we don't spend a lot on, you know, your traditional advertising. Um, we've gone down the road of doing the Facebook ads and all the funnels and that kind of thing. And honestly, for us, it's been much more um, beneficial having our members bring those people to us. Um, we've had a really good retention rate that way, um, which for me, that's that's kind of the biggest thing is maintaining the people that we have and really taking care of those people. Um, and they'll bring you, they'll bring you the people for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's, um, you know, you've hit a lot of, a lot of the buttons that you need to hit in trying to get a gym off the ground and grow it. And, and definitely I've heard unfortunately too many times of people who go into the world of like social media marketing paid advertising and it's it can be super lucrative you know it can turn out you can get the right clients you can make money on it but it also can go sideways super fast so at least while you still have this upswing the kind of novelty of it you still have a lot of people who haven't haven't maxed out their whole social circle as far as who they can get in it is good to be having those people for multiple reasons you know that if they're people that are already like you their friends are probably people like them it makes the intake process better I and mean, ultimately at some point um, you know that slows down and you need to get something that's a little bit more predictable dependable but right now it's one of those things that a lot of times gym owners will kind of ride it till the wheels fall off and then and then dig a little bit deeper into that advertising space. So I do want to kind of go where that brings us is those type of people who are coming in off the referrals, off the recommendations, word of mouth. Um, they're partly pre-sold on who you are and what you do, but you still have to make sure that everybody that comes in has a good idea of what they're going to be doing, what the expectations are. So do you have a set process for that? And are you the one who does it mostly? What does it look like? Somebody reaches out, you know, maybe I moved to Fort Wayne and I'm like, Hey, I've been on the couch for a couple of years. I used to go to a global gym. Uh, how do I get started? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that's something that I've spent really the last few months, months trying to dial in, um, a lot more. Um, so if someone gives us a refer or reaches out, whether it be a phone call, email, 
the first thing that I do is I call them right away. So that's one thing that we've tried to do um, a much better job is actually talking to someone and trying to get them on the phone. Um, of course, we'll touch back with email if we have to. Um, but the first thing that we want is set them up with an initial consultation. So this is really like a 15, 30 minute session where we're giving them a tour of the gym and mostly we're just trying to talk to them. Um, I think a lot of that first initial process is just listening. Because um, a lot of times, especially when we get referrals, especially through like our website, you'll notice it's at like two o'clock in the morning, right? These people are like, I need to get something changed. I'm ready. Like, so we want to kind of help them, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, we're not going to start them off with a workout and, you know, get them all intimidated or anything like that. Um, so we just want to have a conversation with them, see where they're at, try to meet them where they are. Most people then are going to go into our onboarding process, which is going to be three personal training sessions. And right now I do all of those, um, but eventually I'll start kind of weaning, weaning off and building up my coaches to do them. Um, but the first one is really just kind of talking about what CrossFit is, you know, what's our goals are, what is this program that we're doing? What's all these crazy acronyms that they see on the board, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then a super basic workout. So then from there, we'll go through um we do a nutrition consult so the second session we go through um a little nutrition kind of pamphlet that we just start the conversation off just so that we're all kind of speaking the same language and kind of reiterating that if we're not talking about nutrition we're also kind of doing a disservice because whatever we're doing in the gym probably isn't going to have a whole lot of uh effect if we're not thinking about what we're eating and then the last one is really that's kind of the integration so that third session is more how do we check out our retail stuff? How do we um, integrate into classes? What does it look like to sign into class? And then usually on that third session is when we'll kind of connect them with one of our ambassadors. So we have six, six to seven ambassadors um, all the time. And these are people that kind of exemplify all the good things about our gym. Um, they're kind of used as our welcome committee. So these are the people that they can kind of cling with and be like, hey, well, I'm gonna be at class with you next week. And they feel a little bit better about coming in. Um, and then of course we give away a bunch of swag within that, that onboarding session too, from t-shirts, blender bottles, supplements, you know, whatever it might be. Um, we try to make them feel extra special and really ramp up that customer service. Nice. So you have a, it's pretty structured, pretty, pretty orchestrated. Uh, one of the things you mentioned was retail. And that's something that it's probably 50-50, maybe a little less than 50-50 of of gyms that really have a process or have, have anything going on there. So what do you guys do as far as that goes? Are you selling, you know, I know you said you have blender bottles, you have shirts. Do you guys do like, you do supplements? Do you do any, any other type of retail stuff? And how do you, I know you have it integrated in the onboarding. Is there any other process to kind of keep it front of mind for the clients going forward? Cause you're going to buy stuff somewhere anyway. So might as well be good stuff that you believe in if you can right. sell Right. And that's really what we try to do a lot of. So um, we do supplements. We do um, a lot of drinks, um, T-shirts, sweatshirts, wrist wraps, um, you know, the, the gambit kind of around that thing. But when it comes to the supplements specifically, um, we do kind of some bulk orders of a lot of the basic stuff. And then what we'll also do is quarterly, we do what we call our tasting Tuesday, which is essentially a day where we'll just let people try let's say it's a certain flavor or it's a limited edition pack or something, we'll open it up, let everyone try it, and then we'll do a pre-order from that. So that way we're getting people to already purchase the inventory before we've even bought it. And then we'll just kind of buy some extra. And we try to do a different, different supplement, different flavor, whatever it might be, 
Um, and we try to do those quarterly. And sometimes those will be in conjunction with um, our free friend week, which makes it even, even better. Cause like you said, we want, if they're gonna buy supplements, we want them to probably buy them from us, make it a one-shop stop. Um, and so, yeah, we try to be strategic in how we're kind of blending, you know, having those supplements available when we have events or making sure the checkout process is super duper easy. Um, so I don't need to be writing down who made the, made the sale every single time or adding the invoice every single time. So we try to be the best that we can when it comes to making that process really easy. Awesome. Awesome. So I, it definitely looks like there are, there's a lot of thought that goes into all the different touch points that a client could have, right? From the, the intro to, you know, structured onboarding to being aware of things that could be a bottleneck for you in the process, maybe weigh you down because you're wearing a lot of hats. So is this something that you picked up mostly from working at other gyms or these ideas that you had bringing in? Have you had like any type of uh, business coaching? How, how have you kind of figured out that you need to do all these things? Because we don't see that often in a brand new gym and it's, it's frankly refreshing, but I'm always interested to see where that comes from. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, like I said, I've been around the CrossFit space for a long time and I think there comes a time when you just kind of are doing things because that's just the way that they've always been done. We do our onboarding with the nine foundational movements because that's the way we've always done it. Um, and so I was really starting to, especially with this project, kind of wanting to unpack a lot of things and try to do things differently because I could see that there were areas like retail, like the onboarding system that could be improved that my previous gyms, we just didn't take as much time into doing those things, or we just didn't have the resources to do it. Um, so at the beginning of the year, I reached out to um, Best Hour of Their Day. Um, so we are on their affiliate U team. So we've been working with them for the past few months of really trying to ramp up a lot of these things that I've been trying to implement that, you know, they're helping us put these systems into place. So like you said, eventually there's a system in place for when I need to you know, start pushing this off onto my other coaches. What does that look like? Um, how can we make the same experience repeatable? You know, that's another big thing of like, it's great if you're a really good coach and you're the owner and you're doing all these things, but eventually there's going to come a point, like we kind of talked about, where you're not going to want to be there every single day. So how do you be able to get your coaches to provide that same service? Um, and so we've really loved working with um, Jason Fernandez and Jason Ackerman. They've been honestly amazing um, working with them. So they've helped a ton. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's always, you know, it's one of those things where there's so many resources out there. There's books, there's videos, there's YouTube, there's coaches. So it's one of those, you know, we, we preach it all the time that you can do it by trial and error. You can learn things the hard way. Um, I always say, I like to learn my lessons hard and painful. And sometimes I still don't even learn, but, but there's so much knowledge out there now that it really is important to figure out what you don't know as quickly as possible. And, you know, it's just like, like anything else, you know, in a CrossFit setting, it's, you know, you have to work on your weaknesses just as much as working on things or more than the things you're good at. Otherwise you end up real messed up real fast and, and things can get away from you. So it's awesome to hear that, you know, so many of the things you have, have a structure in a plan in place. So it sounds like, you know, you guys are solid foundation. You guys are you know, full steam ahead. There's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, you're mostly out of COVID restrictions and all that, even though you still have to be mindful and, you know, the community that you're in. But 
do you feel like there are any big hurdles, any big roadblocks, anything that like, you know, when you go to sleep at night, you're like, oh, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. Or do you feel like it's just systems and time? Where are you as far as that goes? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, of course you lay in bed every night of like, oh my gosh, am I doing the right thing? And then that happens a lot. Um, but putting a lot of these things in place has certainly helped. Um, of course there's weeks where you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not working. This is, you know, I need to redo everything. Um, but for the most part, I think it's just been just being patient and trusting the systems that we're putting in place and that they need to take time. Um, for us, this is something that kind of Fern talks about all the time is net three. Right. If we can net three people every month, like when we do that time over time over time, like that's going to get us not only the retention that we want, but it's going to get us to the growth that we want. So um, really for us meeting our ultimate goals, you know, obviously we want to be super profitable and, um, you know, bring on more coaches, bring on more staff. I want to, you know, expand and do a lot more things. Um, so really, I think the biggest hurdle right now is probably myself of not trying to do too much too fast um, and kind of letting the process work its way out. Um, I think, you know, of course the COVID is always gonna be there. That's something that we're all gonna have to struggle through, but it's almost been something where every conversation I've had with, especially new people in these last few weeks is, I'm ready, like I wanna start fitness. I wanna do something because I've realized over the last year and a half that I haven't made fitness a priority and it's a problem. So I think without that, as terrible as that situation is, it's almost kind of light at the end of the tunnel because now people are realizing how important that is. So now it's just about how can we still maintain that great you know, process that we have and continue to provide that member after member after member. So that way um, everyone gets those same great results. So. Awesome. Awesome. So you have the strong CrossFit background. You've been in it. You've seen management. You've seen things kind of go by the wayside that that now you've been able to implement and now being in more or less the driver's seat for the past you know, year and a half, almost two years. Um, if you could really distill that down, if there's kind of one general lesson or attitude or, or thing that you think you've learned that you could pass on to somebody else out there, is there any kind of overarching theme or, or something that maybe people wouldn't think of that you think is, is super useful that you wish you would have known? Yeah. Um, really kind of two things, I guess, come to mind. And the first one is to listen, right? Like I think in order to be a really good leader, you need to listen first. Like I need to listen to my staff. I need to listen to my members um, to really understand, you know, what the issues are, what things are maybe causing problems um, to be able to have that open communication. I think it's just like, you know, a relationship with your loved ones. If that communication breaks down, everyone's assuming, and then you're in a, a really bad spot. Um, so that would be like the, the first one I would say is a really listening and having good communication. The other thing that I kind of thought to mind would be the, the simple, not easy, right? I think a lot of times what tends to happen is we want to overcomplicate things. And like you said, be in all the advertising, you know, dive into all the, all that crazy stuff when really what it comes down to. And I think CrossFit is a very good player of this is it's like, the most simple workouts are usually the worst, right? So like that, taking that same principle of if it's simple and effective, then it's probably the right way to go. But sometimes it isn't always the easiest. Um, but again, keep it simple, keep it simple, not easy. Um, and just trying to, to stick to your values. The right thing is always the right thing. So um, 
that's kind of what what I what comes to first anyway. So hopefully maybe that can someone can take something from that. Uh, I, I surely hope so. I mean, I know that it's something that you know even even if something you already know, right? One of one of the the teams, the the groups that I've been a part of, one of their best sayings is sometimes we often need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. So even if it's something you've heard and you think you know, it's like sometimes it has to smack you in the head. Sometimes it's a gentle reminder. But either way, even if you think you know, it's it's good to hear it sometimes. So I appreciate that. We are just about out of time, but before I let you go, where can people find you? Find CrossFit 4185 website, social media, Facebook, Instagram, if they want to check you out, or maybe reach out to you and, and talk about what your experiences as a GM have been. How do we find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're on pretty much every major platform. We've got a YouTube channel. Facebook and Instagram are probably going to be the most prevalent to find us. Um, and of course, our website, CrossFit4185.com, is going to have everything on there. My information is listed. So if there's anyone listening that wants to reach out, I'd be more than happy to talk. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate having you on today. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. You are, are very welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, we know you do, smash that subscribe button. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description and fill out the form. If you just want to leave us some feedback, throw us a like, leave a comment. We want to hear from everybody. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here at Naresh. Naresh, how's it going, man? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into it. So if you can uh, let me know what's the name you got of your facility and where you guys located at. So um, I work for a company called Mayfair Clubs. Uh, Mayfair owns uh, four private clubs in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I manage two of the locations. My two locations are uh it's it's sort of a suburb called uh, called Markham. Um, great company to work for. Um, being a private club, we're a, a full service facility. So not only do we have complete fitness facilities, group fitness facilities, um, everything related to the fitness side of things, but we also cater to indoor tennis. My two locations themselves have 18 indoor tennis courts. 
Um, I've got 10 singles and, uh, sorry, 11 single and two double squash courts. I got a multi-sport gym, saltwater pool. I've got two bistros in my two clubs, nice. kids space. Um, we have a hair salon, esthetician. We've got sports clinics. So we've got physio, chiro, massage therapy, uh, personal training, of course, swim lessons for the kids, junior sports programs, uh, kids tennis programs. It's a very comprehensive um uh, uh, experience when our members come in. Yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, usually my next question is what services are offered, but I think the better question is what do you guys not offer? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, yeah. You know what? We try to cater to uh, families. We've been, uh, we celebrated 50 years last year. Um, so we've been around for a while. So we have multiple generations. Yeah. Now we're to the grandkids as well. So we've got uh, the the parents who are original members or now grandparents, their kids who now have kids. So we've got uh, three and even a few four generation families that are members here. That's awesome. And no grocery store yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do have a sports shop. So if you need anything, uh, any a tennis, you need a tennis racket or you need some shoes or whatever, we can help you out with that as well. That's awesome. And so, so you manage two of the clubs. So how long have you been a uh, general manager of these two clubs? So I was uh, I was uh, brought on board in August of 2016. So I think I'm just coming up or just over five years now. Okay, awesome. And did you work for the company before or did you have, uh, I know we kind of spoke a little bit earlier, like you, you have a pretty extensive background in the fitness industry. So can you expand on that? Sure. Um, so I took kinesiology in university. So coming out of university as many years as I go, I did, did uh, I go with a, with a kin background. I was trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, I started working for a gym and I was the, uh, I opened the club in the morning and I played reception for a few hours. And then I was, I took care of fitness assessments and et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of where I started. Um, so I worked for a company for, I think about three or four years. I ended up buying one of the locations from them. So I owned my own gym for nine years. Awesome. Um, when I sold that, um, I started working for a big box company. Um, I got recruited to leave the big box company and go to another company called Fitness Institute. Uh, it was a, another longtime private club, but they just opened up a high performance training center. So I was there for four and a half, almost five years. And um, I got recruited to come here. So it's been, uh, it's been an interesting uh, journey so far. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you definitely have a um, you know, very extensive background in the industry. So um, the next question I have is, so obviously your club, like you guys offer everything uh, pretty much that there is to offer. So when it comes to um, getting new clients in the door, um, what is your main focus? Do you guys focus just on the general membership aspect or the amenities or both? Um, so we do, it's a, it's a great question. We do have three levels of membership. So you can, you can join for tennis, you can join for squash, you can also join for fitness. Um, so we, we do cater to, to differing needs of people because not everybody wants to, to, to access the tennis courts or access to the squash courts, et cetera. Uh, obviously we, we do feel that fitness is an integral part of every, every member's visit, uh, whether you're a tennis player, whether you're a squash player, if you're a pickleball player, you know, you should be spending time in the gym, obviously for not only to improve the quality of your game and 
improve your, your overall health, but it's also for, for injury prevention and everything else that goes with that. So we do feel that fitness is an integral part of our membership here. Uh, when it comes to acquiring members, obviously referrals tends to be one of our larger uh, larger um, channels for new members joining the club. Right. Uh, but we do we do uh, get into um, some uh, paid advertising like Google Google Ads. Uh, we do have a, a strong social media um, uh, accounts on the go as well. Um, but we don't uh, we we we're more being a private club and catering to to individuals who are looking for more of a private club experience. We we don't go through the channels that the that uh, the big box gyms, as an example, would go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense because you know it seems like the, the people that come into your into your club, like they understand with it being a private facility, everything that's offered you know, they are going to be paying a little bit more uh, for that membership. So it's more, um, yeah, an exclusive thing, I guess, right? Um, so when it comes to private clubs, we're not as exclusive, exclusive excuse me, exclusive as, as many of the facilities are in, uh, in Toronto. There are some really, truly high-end private clubs. We mm -hmm. try and cater to more of the everyday person. Um, okay. Definitely our price points are a little bit higher than the big box gyms, but they're not out of reach for the everyday person by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but we'll, what we try to do is provide a really great experience when they're in here. Um, coming from my last background, which was in, included a high-performance training center, a lot of the things we do on the fitness side of things are catered are, are getting, we're, we've gotten away from the machines and all of that stuff. So we created a functional training space, a turf space, all of the, all of the amenities that go with it, because obviously we're looking for people who are, who are looking to, to uh, improve their overall fitness, but also their fitness for tennis, their fitness for squash. So there's all of the elements of the sport that have to come into play. Mm -hmm. um, so we do try and, um, we do try and provide a, a private club experience with, for people, but not at, at the price points of a lot of the higher end private clubs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and you guys are also, I mean, you have big facilities also like how, what's the square footage of uh, the facilities? So my two clubs, the, the, the one that, uh, that I'm in right now is 120,000 square feet. My other location is 85,000 square feet. So they're, they're pretty significant, but tennis courts, squash courts take up a lot of space or multi-sports gym, yeah. swimming pools, they take up a lot of square footage, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so it seems like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. They take up a lot of space and I can see where you would want to be focused more on um, the fitness side of things, you know, especially you know, when you have, you know, the tennis, the squash. So those people right there, are they, are they in like a lot of private training sessions or like small group training sessions? Sorry, in regards to the fitness side of things or the tennis and squash? Uh, let's say like the fitness side of things. So personal training is a, is, is a significant service that we offer. Um, uh, we're lucky that our clients understand and we've worked hard to help them understand the benefits of working with a trainer, um, as, as we're all well aware. Um, I think education is the biggest part of, of that process. We're lucky enough to have a great personal training team. Uh, we have some really great trainers that have been with us for 15, 20 years. We've got some great yeah. trainers that have been with us for three or four or five years. Um, they also have a very diverse background. We have people who are more focused if you're looking for um, for um, 
the, for our mature demographic, people who are sport-specific, people who are looking for um, dealing with specific injuries or medical conditions. So we have a very diverse clientele, and they also work very well with our sports injury clinics. So our chiros, physios, massage therapists communicate with the personal trainers to make sure that we're doing our best to service the needs of our, our existing clients. Okay, I love it. Yeah. So it seems like you can you can have people in there for for tennis and then they they do some personal training sessions one on one and you know you can just kind of refer back and forth between the different departments right to get the best plan for them you know to reach their goals. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the great things that we do have. We do have some pretty uh, large teams. So for instance, my two locations we've got I guess 30 31 uh, tennis pros right now. So, you know, our tennis pros, we do a lot of not only programs and clinics and kids programs, we do a ton of private lessons. So our tennis pros get to know their clients no different than the personal trainers, no different than the squash pros. So there is a lot of communication between them. So if a tennis, if a, if a tennis player is suffering from an injury or has an issue, ten our tennis pro can speak with our personal trainer and kind of give them an idea a different perspective on the injury or the needs of the person. Like we have a lot of kids that are very high end um, tennis players and they play, they play a lot of tournaments. And if the kid's having an issue, whether it's, it's, it's a movement issue or it's a range of motion issue or whatever the tennis pro notices, they can refer them over to the personal trainer or the sports injury clinic. And, you know, being able to verbalize that uh, from there and really helps the client. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Communication is key. And, what I love about it too is like everything's in-house. So it seems like a lot of times, you know, if someone's going to like a private tennis club, for example, you know, for, for private lessons, you know, they, they might refer them to a personal trainer or, you know, a PT, anything like that. But when it's off premises, it seems like you're, um, you know, the chances of that person actually getting the help they need is a lot more, um, is a lot slimmer than if you have it in-house like you guys do. Yes, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And we've, we've added some in-house services simply because we've run into those situations. Um, yes. I'm a firm believer, though, that people do need to, to, to look at it. It's a multi, multi, multiple multidisciplinary approach when it comes to sports or when it comes to fitness or overall health and trying to have it all under one roof, I think is great. Um, yes, we're a private club and we have tennis courts and everything else, but I, I firmly believe that uh, gyms, whether small box or big box, I think that they can offer the same level of services as well. You know, having, having a, a, um, a provider like a chiropractor, physiotherapist, massage therapist in-house, I think actually augments personal training and vice versa. Yeah, it really does. And, and if you look at like, like the pros in the industry, um, not just tennis, but, you know, all, all of your high level sports, like all of these people have, they have personal trainers, you know, they have personal chiropractors, they have all of the stuff that you just mentioned. And I think it's one thing that's been missing over the years is, you know, people just focus on one avenue, when in reality, like, I mean, it's all like, you got to collaborate to get, you know, the, the total experience and get your body exactly where it needs to be for that kind of, you know, for whatever you're looking to do. I'm in total agreement with you. Yeah. So on the, like, let's say like the personal trainers and your tennis pros, the chiropractors, are they all, are they all employees or are they contracted out? Uh, we have a mix of them. Um, with that said, the majority of them um, are, 
basically uh, not full time with us, but the majority of their working hours are spent with the club. But we do have a mix, uh, depending on our needs. So, for instance, our tennis pros, we do have some tennis pros that are year round. We also have some that are here for about nine months of the year and three to four months of the year. They're at outdoor tennis clubs, as an example. Um, our providers like Kairos, physios, massage therapists, some of us are with us full time. Some are here two or three days a week as they're working at other clinics. So we try and kind of recruit the best people that we can. And if we only have them for two or three days, but we have the best people here for two or three days, we're really happy with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, that's kind of like the quality over quantity approach. Like you would rather have them for, you know, two or three days and make sure that your people are getting the best service possible, right? Correct, correct, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So let's see. So we've got that taken care of. So looking at everything else, like let's say a new member comes in for uh, just the fitness side of things. Like they want to join a gym. They want to get in better shape. What would be the onboarding process for that person? Like as soon as they walk in the club, what happens? So as we all know, um, one, one of the biggest mistakes we can make is not integrating new people. Yes. You know, somebody comes in, they join the club. We say, thank you very much. There's the, there's the, the, the fitness area. There's the group fitness area. Enjoy yourself. And that's something that we try and stay away from. So when a new member joins the club, um, one of the first things we do is the, the membership services manager has a spreadsheet. So if the person joins for tennis or for squash or for fitness, um, they then communicate through that spreadsheet to the department managers to let them know if the person needs a tennis assessment or they need a squash assessment or they're and obviously we try and get everybody in for fitness assessments if they've got kids in the in in the family mm -hmm. we can pass on information about our junior programs etc so we do have a communication process right off the gate with them obviously they'll get a welcome email from me we've got a welcome letter that has contact information for all of the department managers but we put a really high priority in making sure that they get in front of uh, the in front of the department managers that they're uh, for the departments they're interested in. So it's really, really important. And obviously the department managers are responsible for giving them an orientation of their space. So if it's, if it's the fitness manager, not only is it the fitness assessment, but taking them through the gym floor, showing them all of the amenities that are available to them, suggesting group fitness classes that would fit their needs based on the results of the assessment, um, introducing them to the sports injury clinic, because obviously if there is a need there, then we do have the services available. So it's, it's a huge thing for us. The other thing that we did pre-COVID, so COVID has kind of changed this up a little bit, yeah. was uh, I would have a new member a new member evening every three months. So all of the new members who joined in the previous three months, we'd invite them uh, into our bistro um, for a couple of hours. We'd have hors d'oeuvres and some refreshments and that type of thing. And all of the department managers is there. So not only the new members getting an opportunity to meet all the department managers, but it's also an opportunity to meet other new members in the club because as we all know the social component of the club and the the in-person component is a driver for people to come in and work out as well it's 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 such a different experience than working out by yourself at home yeah it is and i love that you guys are focused on member integration because as as we know being in the industry so long that's that's one of the keys like getting getting the people bought in and making them feel welcomed and like they matter they're not just a number and, you know, there's a lot of people also that they may need help in a certain area. They may want to be with a personal trainer. They may want to be with a tennis pro. 
but they don't exactly know how to ask that question or maybe they're you know too shy to ask that question so by putting them in front of those people right away you know that really that opens the door you know it's a big opportunity for you guys and the clients as well yes absolutely and as we know it's always best to retain what we have rather than trying to uh, trying to go through that churn of getting new people in and i, I find that when people get people are familiar with the staff members and they know people by name the staff know people by name they're seeing each other on a daily basis that really helps on the retention side of things as well mm -hmm. um i i i can't tell you how many people that i can walk through the gym walk through the gym or walk through the the main lobby and say good morning to them by name and it, it matters it really does matter when you're when they come in with their kids and you remember their kids names it matters and we do we are in in essence, a second home for, for a lot of people because we're an opportunity not only to come out, but also to get active, to bring the family out, to have a meal. So to feel comfortable in, in their second home, I think is very important. And we do try and foster that type of an environment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious as far as like the, the assessments, you know, for each department when someone comes in, uh, what is, like, do most people schedule that? Um, or are most people kind of reluctant or are most people like ready to dive into that? It's a great question. Um, it, it sort of differs from departments. For people coming in for tennis or squash, they're quite anxious to meet the head pros. They're quite anxious to go through the assessments. Um, the assessments, um, in large part, not only tell them where they are, and it's an opportunity if they, they're interested in lessons, et cetera, but for squash and tennis, people are also looking to play games. So by giving one of the things that comes out of an assessment for a squash or tennis player is a rating. So we rate their games. So that way we can help to introduce them to other players at their level. That's a, that's a, that's a huge advantage for them. Now we all know when it comes to fitness assessments, people have differing views on that and how they're going to benefit from a fitness assessment. We're very focused when it comes from fit on, on the fitness side of things of pre presenting people with information on how their body is right now. It is not a, uh, it's not a sales process. It's nothing other than this is where you are right now. Let's chart out a, a, some type of route to get you to where your goals are. And we will help you, whether it involves personal training or it involves suggestions, it involves time, it involves recommendations. You know, the, the, as long as the fitness assessment process is technical, I think everything sort of falls from there. You give people the information they need and you help them to make an educated um, decision on how they want to move forward. And I think, you know, if we're able to do that in a lot of cases, it's simply orientating people to the gym floor, showing them some, not whether it's the equipment they're interested in or options for the equipment that they like to use, options for exercises that are functional versus muscle isolation exercises. I mean, there's a variety of different things we can do, but ultimately if the client or the member is successful, then they're here with us month after month, year after year. And that's ultimately our goal. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point you made about, you know, showing them where they're at right now, just like presenting the data, because that's the one thing like data, you know, stats exactly where you're at, like that doesn't lie, right? Like the numbers don't lie. So when people can see that and you guys can lead them to, hey, this is what we think you should do. This is what we offer. And whether or not they, they decide to do that is on them, but they have a really good, like most people probably should, right? At least a little bit you know, get some kind of private training or something like that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that everybody can benefit from it, um, whether it's a few sessions or a few sessions a week. 
Um, yeah. I think everybody can benefit uh, from it one way or the other. Um, once again, you can educate them, you can show them the data, you can you can you can chart a course for them. But we try and help them to make their decision. And in a lot of cases, you know, people don't make that decision until three months or six months down the road. But as long sure. as they know that we're here to help, we're visible. Um, you know, it it'll work out for them in the end. Yeah. Now, would you say half of the people do the the fitness orientation or assessment that come in? Um, yeah, our goal is always to get about two thirds of the people in. Um, realistically, we'll get anywhere between forty and fifty percent of our people in front of our fitness manager. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I guess you probably had to do some tweaking over the years with getting them in front of that person without it seeming like a sales process, kind of like you just talked about. I I completely agree with you. I think the biggest the biggest um, hurdle to getting somebody to go through the assessment process is the way that the membership services manager presents it. Yes. If the membership services manager is more interested in getting the sale and, and we've both been in the industry a long time, we know how it works. If the membership services manager is more interested in getting the membership sale. And then once that's done, they're, they're, they're kind of done with the process. That's where I think we drop the ball and we fail. If you know, the, the fitness, the fitness assessment is part of, and we'll call it the sales process. If the fitness assessment is part of the sales process, I think we have, we, we've enjoyed better success. So one of the things that we do is obviously, and I, I th obviously a lot of uh, clubs do it is during the tour of the facility, if we are introducing them to the fitness managers. If they're available, we're introducing them to personal trainers. We're talking about the benefits of the assessment. Mm -hmm. So once the person makes that decision to join, they've already been given the information about the benefits of the assessment. So that when it gets revisited, um, when they're enrolling, it's not new to them. It's not foreign to them. And it's easier to get them to, to, to make a commitment to booking. Now, if yeah. we're if we don't have any luck booking at that time, because we do want these people, whether or not they choose personal training, now, we want our fitness manager to meet all of our new members. Sure. I think it's very important to their integration and their success. Our fitness manager obviously follows up with all of these new members to, to introduce themselves, see if they can accommodate them, see if they can answer any questions, whether it's about the assessment or about fitness or about the gym floor or anything they can assist them with. Yeah. And that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe definitely everyone should meet you know, the manager, like you said, whether or not they, you know, get in or not, they need to meet them. And it's a good point that you made if it's all about sales. So that's one thing uh, we like to call commission breath. So, you know, if you think about it, like a client can tell, right. And if you have commission breath, if you're just looking for the sale, they may not say that, but they can feel it. So when it's more about the client and more about helping them meet their needs, then that's, you know, helping that person get to their goals that is when, you know, we see that, you know, people get the best results, you know, they're more likely to sign up and everyone wins that way. Like the commission and the sales come if you focus on helping the person first. I completely agree. Once again, um, one of the things that I encourage our membership services managers to do is build a relationship with the person you yeah. have to, you have, before you even begin the tour of the facility or anything else, you have to figure out a little bit about where they're coming from, what their needs are, what their, their availability is and build that rapport with that person before you even start walking them through the club. And I think, you know, from, from past experience, um, not only doing that, but being available to the person once they become a member, if they need help, as, 
as we know, usually it's in the first first few weeks or even the first month or two is when the person will have most of the questions. Maintaining that connection uh, and being available to that person is also what drives referrals. Because we know that we get the majority of our referrals from people in the first few months of membership when they're excited to be here, they've had a great onboarding and orientation experience. So I think it's, it's all a hand-in-hand -hand approach uh, to new members. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Naresh, we are running out of time on the podcast here. So one thing I always like to ask people, um, let's see, and I guess you can say this, you know, for both locations, but in a year from now, what does growth look like for you guys? And it, it doesn't have to be just about numbers. It can be, you know, a certain or membership number. It can be departments or, you know, whatever way you think that growth would best suit you guys in a year. Uh, I, I've got a pretty... Um... I think a pretty realistic expectation in the next year. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing very well leading up to COVID. Um, I would like to be back to our, our pre-COVID levels in a year from now. You know, if, if we were to achieve pre-COVID levels, I would be ecstatic, extremely happy. And the way that we're going to do that is make our members feel comfortable being in the facility, make sure that they feel safe in the facility, make sure their kids feel safe. So yeah. it's not as much for us about growth, but it's just getting back to where we kind of left off. Yeah, that makes sense. And that seems to be a common theme uh, around the industry. You know, I know, um, you know, you guys, you guys being up in Canada, so, you know, you have more restrictions than we have down here in the States. So I'm sure that's kind of played a role in that, right? Yes, uh, being in Ontario, Ontario probably had the longest lockdowns in Canada. Our, our province was very, very cautious because we also had the highest numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're slowly coming out of that. Um, so it's opening up uh, capacity in facilities. It's opening up services for us. Um, so people are... It, because we're opening up slowly, their comfort level is growing slowly. So it's going to take a little bit of time for people to get used to things. But uh, we just went through a, a couple of big transitions in a positive way within the province. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic for my company. I'm optimistic for the industry. I'm optimistic uh, for the industry nationwide as well. Absolutely. Well, Naresh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, I enjoyed it. I know that our audience will get some value out of this and uh, it was a great conversation well thank you very much for having me i truly enjoyed it yeah absolutely and for our listeners out there if you found value from this podcast please click the subscribe button and if you're a gym owner and want to be a guest on the podcast click the link in the description apply to be a guest until next time gym lords out Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.